Archaeological evidence shows that Syrians have been drinking beer since at least 2500 BC. The Shouting Valley is a place where Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, and Israel meet. Its name came from the habit of people shouting at their relatives through megaphones across the valley. Syria has won one gold, one silver, and one bronze medal in the history of the Olympics. About 11 million Syrians now have been displaced from their homes by the current crisis. Five million Syrians have now fled to neighboring countries. Syria's capital, Damascus, has claims to be the oldest continuously occupied city in the world. For the most part, the once beautiful country of Syria has been completely destroyed. The unrest in Syria was part of a wider wave of 2011 Arab Spring protests that grew out of discontent with the Syrian government and escalated into an armed conflict after protests calling for President Assad's removal were violently suppressed. This conflict continues between the Syrian government and various rebel groups, and it's been nine years now, two months, three weeks, since the Syrian day of rage protests were gathered on the 15th of March, 2011. So let me dummy this down a little bit before I get our guest, Nick Syed. He's a former student of mine. He's from Syria. Uh, before I get him on, I just want to kind of dummy this down a little bit about what happened to this incredible country that is still going through a civil war since March 15th of 2011. Uh, the Arab Spring started in Tunisia, a country that had a dictator as a president, a country who had 90 or 80% unemployment for the young people, a corrupt president. At the time, they started using Facebook to pinpoint locations to have protests, to communicate, to be able to watch for the first time in the Middle East what was happening to the people who were being put down by their own government. So it started in Tunisia. The protests lasted two to three weeks. It was over, a few people did die, but comparatively to what happened to the other countries, Tunisia was a smooth overthrow of the president. The next country, Egypt, um, it wasn't as smooth. You had Mubarak as the president, the guy who had been in power for 30 years, um, the guy who um, uh, ruled Egypt and uh, with an iron hand, iron fist, they say a guy who had billions of dollars for himself while the average Egyptian made four bucks a day. Uh, they overthrew him, but before they did, Mubarak sent out the troops and I think a thousand Egyptians were killed. It was pretty violent, uh, but it was quick. And then the people of Libya who were watching what was happening in Tunisia and Egypt decided to go after um, Muammar Gaddafi a name you may be well familiar with, a dictator, a terrorist, a bad guy. 
and uh, Gaddafi escaped and after the protest, and he he killed a lot of his own people uh, during the protest, even before. But he escaped with his family somewhere, and um, you saw on YouTube that uh, the Libyans found him in a sewer, hiding, pulled him out, beat him silly and shot him with his own golden gun. So it was pretty violent. Now the people of Syria had been watching on Facebook and YouTube um, all the things happening in Tunisia, Egypt, and Libya and decided it was time for Assad to go. A guy that has ruled along with his father, uh, Syria for 30, 40, 50 years. Another guy that rules with an iron fist and corrupt and is real good buddies with President Putin. And so the uh, demonstrations and the overthrow of Assad didn't go over as well uh, because of Putin's help. Uh, Putin really saved Assad for some reason, and uh, this civil war continues in the year 2020 that started in 2011. So it's not a good situation. And then in the meantime, with Putin's help and um, destroying all of Syrians, um, other cities other than Damascus, just to keep Assad in power and killing millions of people and pushing 7 million out of the country into Lebanon and Jordan and all of Europe. Um, we, have, um, we have ISIS that came into play in the vacuum in Syria. So this has been a complete mess. And the Syrian people that I have met, and I have Syrian friends and Syrian colleagues and past Syrian students and uh, Syrians that I know in Salzburg who come lecture about the Syrian civil war. Uh, it's a fascinating country. Uh, it's not like Afghanistan. It's a country where a lot of these refugees living in refugee camps in other countries are former doctors, lawyers, pharmacists, dentists, uh, scholars, educational professors, a very, very smart country. And so a uh, complete disaster on a, on a scale that I don't think the world's seen for a long time. So I want to get one of my former students on the line, Nick Syed, who who he left Syria in 2012. He was there during the protest and is over at Wake Tech and has taken two of my classes. I think Nick has also worked while living in Syria for the United Nations. Um, he's an older student, great guy. And so if you hold on, I will get Nick on the line. Okay, I think we have Nick on. How you doing, Nick? I'm good. Yourself? How you doing? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Summer's flying by. Um, okay. You taking any summer classes? Yeah, yeah. I take one class right now. And my plan to finish my school... Uh, I don't know if I can finish it next semester, full semester, but if I couldn't, maybe I will take one or two classes for... Uh, uh, winter one. Oh, okay. Okay. So you yeah. took, I think you've taken two of my classes so far. I know the yeah. international business and the principles of management. Yes. yes. There we go. Okay. So, Nick, when did you come here from Syria? Actually, I came in 2012, but I used to go and back until 2015. Then uh, uh, I decided to stay here. Okay. 
So you were you were kind of commuting back and forth since 2012. Yes. Okay. And uh, why why in 2012 did you decide to leave Syria? I get my green card in 2012, and uh, the situation is wasn't bad so bad uh, in 2012, or I can't deal with it. Yeah. But uh, actually, uh, in 2015, it was hard to travel. Yeah. A lot of things. Uh, I mean, at the customer duty from all the sides, from the air, all the airports, because I have a Syrian passport at that time. Yeah. Yeah. It gives me a lot of not a lot of trouble, but I don't feel myself uh, comfortable. Okay. You weren't comfortable carrying a Syrian passport. I don't know. Actually, actually, everyone, I understand because if you look for the news and you see Syria, you be afraid and you be you think that the one you meet is someone from ISIS. I understand this. Yeah. But actually, what I care about it and what I uh, very uh, interested for this meeting because all the people I met or most of the people I met, they don't know that uh, Syria is a great country. It's not ISIS, it's not a terrorist, it's not a war. There is a lot of things we can talk about it. It's more important than this. And yeah. Syria is a victim for terrorists. Yeah. And someone said, every day in Syria is 9-11, and I believe this. Yeah. Um, so were you from Damascus or another town in Syria? I am originally from Damascus, the east side of Damascus very close to the old city, which is the oldest inhabitants continuous city in the world. Yeah. And so living in America compared to Syria before 2012, when thing before the Arab Spring, what what do you, um, I guess, what do you miss about Syria? And what do you not miss about Syria in the in the good days before the Arab Spring? Uh, I miss social life, uh, most of the uh, social life because you can enjoy enjoy your life there. Uh, the people, the people which I met, actually, as I told you, I'm from an area which is uh, important uh, for tourists for that, right. and for the people which they are interested to learn Arabic. Okay. For that, I used to have, when I was in Damascus, many friends, foreigner friends, especially those ones who need to learn Arabic. And actually, it's easy to meet. And they always told me that uh, Syria, in, in Damascus, especially in Damascus, it's easy to make friends and you feel yourself like you're born there. Right. Yeah. So living in America, which has been eight years for you now, really, what have you, um, I guess, had a hard time adjusting to, if anything, or what was easy to adjust to, to this culture, if anything? United States is a great country, actually. Uh, uh, I love United States because they, they, get, uh, uh, they get rid of all the stuff which is uh, not, not good in the old world. I mean... There is no racism. That's what I feel. I mean, uh, there uh, the people is equal here. Uh, uh, everything is easy to get. Okay. 
actually the one thing which I don't like about the United States, or maybe I think the problem is myself that the independent, that everyone is independent and leave alone, which is I can't deal with it until now. Well, what do you mean? Everybody here is independent? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean there is no social like, uh, yeah. like the old world. Yeah. Sure. Um, I mean, in, 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 in all over the world, when you go for, for example, for Starbucks or something, you can talk with other one on the table or, uh, yeah, but here I can't find this easy. <laughs> yeah, well, you're, yeah. it's a big change, especially from where you come from, because my trips to the Middle East, I saw the social, um, you know, gatherings everywhere and people sitting out and talking and here you just don't see it as much and i know that's got to be kind of difficult for someone like you who came over um yeah. do you think syria do you, and i don't want to get into politics and uh, i don't want to talk about Basad. um but do you think eventually syria is going to stop fighting or the fighting will stop in syria to be honest i don't that's not because good. It's not not belong for the Syrian. It's international war. In Syria. Yeah. I mean, this is what I believe in. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's very complicated. Yeah. And no one knows what's happening there for that. I told you that I, I cannot talk about Syria before 2012. Yeah. Uh, the Syria, which I love, which I know. Because these three years, I feel myself in different countries, which I live there. What? What were you doing in Syria your last couple of years? Were you in school or were you working? Uh, I I joined the UN United Nations as peacekeeper since two thousand three until two thousand fifteen until the day I left Syria. The, you were working for the UN. Yes, that's right. And you did. Golan Heights. Oh uh, wow. Yeah, as logistic. Okay. And um, what was that experience like? Uh, actually, it's logistic stuff uh, to know for the assets. My my position was uh, asset assistant uh, to take care of the assets. You know, you need to write off the assets. You need to uh, know what they need. Uh, you don't not uh, you don't want to have uh, over uh, over stock, and you don't have want to be short of stock for that this is my job was sure. just to yeah to order the stuff and to be on time okay okay i forgot you had told me that yeah that's right um well you know if if you could tell a typical american listening to the podcast or anybody that yeah. that only has one vision of syria that we see on the news with the ISIS and the the bombs and the destruction, what would you tell them about Syria and Syrian people? Okay, uh, when you called me, actually, I talked with uh, my friend. He's a tour leader, uh, and he still works as a tour leader. He's an American right now. He's Syrian American, and he told me that uh, due to the pandemic when uh, that happened, coronavirus, he was in Syria with four American tourists. He stopped there. Okay. And he told me there's, the, there's still some tourists go there 
and I get a lot of information about Syria history. I know a lot of Syrian history, but actually I feel myself like I know nothing. There is a lot of things that start in Syria. Uh, I say, for example, that the people, the, the first settlement, the, the historical find it when the people uh, move from uh, hunting to uh, the cities or to make uh, the, the settlement, it was in Syria. That's what they discovered. And the first alphabet that discovered in the city of Ogarit, ancient city of Ogarit in Latakia, North Latakia, uh, in Syria, which is uh, the alphabet we use right now, it starts from Syria. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about this. I have a lot of information about the history, but uh, actually it's, and it, uh, uh, this country have a lot of history and uh, there is two things about Syria. Uh, the, sorry, there is one thing about Syria. Syria as a national Syria, uh, national Syria or geographic Syria is not only the Syrian Republic, which we know it right now. Uh, that uh, we have the the historics say about the fertile crescent, which is part of it is Syria, which is uh, all the area. And it used to be one country until 1920. Okay. Yeah. And uh, right now, and after 1920, it's uh, Jordan, Palestine, Lebanon, Syria, and part of Syria was given to Turkey. Uh, this is about Syria. Uh, I, I don't know. And Syrian people, they always accept the people from uh, the refugees from the world. They accept the Palestinians, they accept the Lebanese when they have the war, Iraqis, Kuwaitis, mm -hmm. Armenians. They are welcome, all the people who came from all over the world. Uh, I mean, as a refugee, they came uh, to Syria. Yeah. Uh, Syria is a crossroads. It's between the three continents, and it was on the trade uh, road, as a Silk Road, ancient Silk Road. Uh, what else can I tell, say about Syria? Uh, Syria before the war have self-dependent, uh, that they had no uh, self-sufficiency, uh, that, uh, that, that they don't have any debit before the war. Uh, okay, I think. Now, is, is one of their, they don't have oil. That's one of the things, am I correct no, about that? No, we have oil, but we don't have a lot of oil. We are not uh, one of the biggest oil producers. And actually, when you told me, uh, I, I find that 30% of the export of the Syrian is oil. And we have enough oil for Syria. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, you have a love of Italy, don't you? Yeah. You've been to Italy many times. Yes. What do you like about Italy? And 
Uh, I knew that uh, Syria has uh, the third uh, Roman crisis in the world after Italy and Libya. Okay. Yeah, I like the food about Italy. I like the traces. I like the people, which is uh, almost like the Syrian. I feel them. Yeah. Have you been to any other countries? Yeah, I went to France. I went to Malaysia, Thailand, uh, uh, Egypt, Lebanon. Lebanon, as I told you, I don't feel that. Uh, Lebanon, Jordan. I mean, I feel myself like inside Turkey. Several yeah. times to Turkey. Okay. Uh, yeah. Quite a bit of traveling there, Nick. Yeah, not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. Well, yeah, I wish that I, I, I do it every year. Yeah. Well, um, we'll we'll get more in depth on the uh, or more in depth on the next podcast. Um, but you know, you've introduced Syria very well. Kind of an introduction to Syria. Um, I had no idea prior to the war that started after the Arab Spring how really uh, metropolitan and international that country was and how beautiful it was. And maybe uh, we can get there someday. So who knows? But I appreciate... Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Actually, I found on uh, when I made research that Syria, according to the New York Times, was number 10 destination in 2010. Uh, no. was one of the 10 destinations. No, one, of the, one of the top 10 travel destinations? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, it was uh, 6 million tourists. In yeah. Wow. Wow. A lot of mountains in Syria, like Lebanon? Actually, Syria and Lebanon is the same. Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, you don't feel that you cross border. Okay. The same food, the culture, the same clothes, the same slang language, I mean, the same, I mean, we are all talk, talk Arabic, the 24 countries, but uh, right. Syria, Lebanon, south of Turkey, they speak Arabic too, you don't change the accent, uh, okay. for that, they are almost, they are the same, and as I told you before, that between Damascus and Syria, as driving is one and a half hours, and the many, fam not many families, almost all the families, the Syrian and Lebanese families, they share, they share the nationality. I mean, yeah. you can, you can know that someone is Syrian and his cousin is Lebanese or opposite of that. Yeah. It's a lot of family. Any uh, last question? Any idea uh, how Syria or Jordan or Lebanon how they've handled the COVID crisis? I don't know to be honest, but uh, according to the friend which I heard it was it wasn't bad for the COVID-19 I don't yeah. know why yeah yeah but uh, I don't know I okay don't know I was curious uh I I heard as a whole the Middle East did pretty well but I wasn't so sure with Syria how they're tracking with all the uh different uh nationalities still at war I don't know how you could even count that but anyways Nick great great talking sorry Yeah. To get the medicine. Yeah. For that, if someone go to Syria right now, if anyone go to Syria, the the people ask him to bring the medicine because there's no medicine for people. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks again, Nick. It was great talking to you.
Great to talk to Nick, a really, really good student of mine in the past. A lot of knowledge from this guy, so really good talking to Nick. My upcoming podcast in a few weeks, I'm going to have two Syrian refugees who escaped that country uh, about six, seven years ago and now live and work in Salzburg, Austria. Uh, We call them the Syrian Refugee Brothers, and they have uh, come to Salzburg College all five years that I've been taking students abroad and given an hour and a half you know, or so lecture about the history of Syria and why they left and how they left and how Austria uh, made them Austrian citizens. They're both now fluent in German and um, have really good jobs in Austria. So really, really should be a good podcast. So I hope you stay tuned. Uh, The date of that, I'm not sure, but uh, it is upcoming. So you've been listening to Let's Talk Wake Tech Travel. My name is Jeff Myers. Thank you.